Hello, and thank you for tuning into Bible study. I pray that you're having a beautiful day. It has been a beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico, and I'm excited about this word today. We're talking about encounter today. We are talking about encountering the presence of God, how that leads us out, that leads us to speak his words, to speak what he's called us to speak. It equips us when we've had a real true encounter with the God who created us and that he is a God of encounter. He welcomes us. He calls us to the table to commune with him. As we spoke about last week, jumping into the rivers of water for healing, for encounter, for his presence is here for you, for me. Hallelujah. Before we get into this word, let's go ahead and pray. Yahweh, we just thank you that you desire communion with us. You desire your children to pray, to seek your face, to come into your presence, that you desire relationship, that you are a God of relationship who loves us, who created us. And we just pray, Father, that we would have hearts open to receive what you would speak to us, eyes to see, ears to hear. We invite your Holy Spirit into this session, Father, that you would use me as a vessel, that your Holy Spirit would anoint these words and equip the hearers and equip us in this hour with what we need to receive from this word. And we just praise you, Father. We give you glory. We magnify and bless you. You are such a good and righteous Father. We pray all these things in Yeshua's name, Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you all again for tuning in. And this word is titled Encounter today as I was sharing with you. And I'm excited because when we do have tangible encounters where we see the Father in a new way, where we encounter his presence, where we encounter his love, it is something that is real, that's tangible. It's something we can touch. It's something we can recall. It's something we can lean upon. When we are going through trials, tribulations, tests, we know that our God is real because we have encountered his love. We have encountered his salvation. We have encountered him tangibly before. And we see that throughout scripture where prophets, where preachers, evangelists, where teachers, those who were called to go out and minister apostles, they came from a place of encounter. They encountered the Holy Spirit. They encountered or had visions of the throne room. They encountered encountered God or angels or messengers in a mighty way. And that is something for us today. We are not trying to draw upon a place of theology or a place of religion or concept. This is a real encounter with the loving God who created us that is for you, that is for me. And we look at Ezekiel. He was a great example. He had had an encounter in the throne room of God. He saw an amazing vision by the river Chibar. And he was out there praying by this river. And we see that as we've spoken of before, prophets that had mighty encounters by rivers of water, fresh water. Oftentimes when we go out to pray, we're called to pray by fresh water, by rivers, because there is encounters that we have. And even in the spiritual rivers of living water, when we go to that place of his presence, that we have encounters with him that equip different assignments. And that is where we get instruction. I was speaking of the rivers of living water last week, that place of presence where we are equipped to then go out. And that's what we see in Ezekiel's chapters 1, 2, and 3. We see Ezekiel's vision. And I just encourage you to read Ezekiel's chapter 1, 2, and 3 so you can get a full context.
context and understanding of what Ezekiel encountered. So he's praying and then he sees this fire coming. Hallelujah. I believe that's like the fire of the Holy Spirit of God. Then he has this vision. He sees the cherubim, the four living creatures with the four faces and with the four wings and the four different faces are different aspects of Yeshua. I believe they're a prototype, a picture of Yeshua. Also, they relate to our own spiritual walk. The first face was the face of a man. The second face was the face of a lion. The third face was the face of an ox. And the fourth face was the face of the eagle. We've spoken about the prophetic significance of each of those faces in previous studies, and I'm not going to get too in-depth with it. But I'm going to share with you a testimony about that because, well, we were in Israel three years ago at the end of our trip on the final day. We went to the top of Mount Hermon. This was after praying at the gates of hell. And this is the place, the gates of hell, where Jesus proclaimed to Peter that the gates of hell would not prevail, that he has given us the keys to the kingdom and what we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And he proclaimed that at this location in Caesarea Philippi, Pan's Grotto at the gates of hell. After that, he took Peter, James, and John. He went up to the top of Mount Hermon, which is right next to Caesarea Philippi, and he was transfigured, meaning he was shining in his heavenly glory. His face shone as light, his whole body. While we were in Israel, we had a similar encounter. I've written a book about it. I've shared it with many of you before already. But just as a refresher, going from Pan's Grotto, the gates of hell, then walking up this mountain, not even knowing that it's Mount Hermon, we went up there and we began to encounter the Spirit of God in a way that we never had before. We could feel an anointing being released. We saw the clouds of glory began to shine in radiant light. Golden rays began to pour out all over Israel. This is right after we've prayed that the gates of hell would not prevail, that there would be life in Israel. This was during the global shutdowns. This was the onslaught of the pandemic, and we went to Pan's Grotto, where you get the name Panic, where you get the name Pandemic, and we prayed there, and thunder roared, and then the sky opened up in great and mighty glory, and we saw the Lion of the tribe of Judah in the sky, in the clouds. It was remarkable. It was an encounter. I heard the Holy Spirit speak, go tell the people that all that they're going through is preparation. I am preparing my bride. I am preparing her and getting her ready because I'm coming soon. All of these trials, all these tribulations that they're going through are preparation. It's for good. So I was called to share that with others. This time that we went to Israel, that was three years ago, and this time we brought our children it was me, my husband, and our three children. On the final day of our trip, we were also called to go to Mount Hermon. This time we were called to go to the highest point in Mount Hermon, to the ski area, which is way up literally in the clouds. It's a place where they had idolatry, different types of ritual sacrifice to other gods. And that's similar to Pan's Grotto because Pan's Grotto is an old temple and to the god Pan. Well, there was also worship that had taken place on this mountain. But we know the God that we serve, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who loves us, who formed us. Hallelujah. We went to pray. There was a very thick atmosphere, a lot like it was three years prior, except this was much thicker. In fact, we were in clouds, literally a fog. We could not see in the distance. We could not see a thing. It was freezing up there. We began to pray. We began to blow the shofar and pray the scriptures that we were given to pray. We were also repenting for 
for the idolatry that had taken place upon the soil up there. We were proclaiming that Yeshua, Jesus, is King Yahweh, Sabaoth, Lord of Armies, Lord of Hosts, rules and reigns. It was powerful. Each of my children prayed. We prayed that he would shift the atmosphere that was thick and dark up there, that he would show us his glory. And we came down, and it was still very thick, the clouds. As we got to the bottom of the tram, the sun began to pierce through the thick, dark clouds. The sky began to open. I began to praise because God was shifting the atmosphere because that is who he is. He is so faithful, and it was so powerful. I was rejoicing. The sky just began to part more and more and more, and glory rays began to pour out all over Israel again. And this time, it was with our children, and we didn't know that God would show up in his glory like that, but we prayed, and he did, and he's so faithful. I heard the Holy Spirit speak, go to the edge of these rocks, and so we hiked. And sure enough, when we got to these rocks, we could see 360 degrees all around us, and we could see the land in all directions, and the glory of God was pouring out. And I was just weeping, singing that song, show me your glory. I want to look upon the face of the one that I love. I want to stand in his presence. That's where I belong. And we began to sing that as a family. Oh, the glory just came. It was so beautiful. And then we began to sing, I exalt you, because when we are in the presence and the glory of God, there is one place that we want to be. He is God. There is no one who can glory in his glory. He is awesome, and he loves us, and we were just singing that out over this beautiful, beautiful overlook of the valley. There was all these different farmlands. It was so picturesque. And we're singing, I exalt you. And all of a sudden, all these creatures began to sing with us. We did not know at first what it was. Was it a coyote? No, because back home we've got coyotes, but it sounded like howling and barking. It was not dogs. And all of a sudden, we realized those are foxes. That was thousands of foxes out there that began to sing with us and praise. My husband said, even the foxes cry out because we know that all creation worships and praises the God who created them. It was such a powerful thing. It wasn't until we got in the car, we were looking at some of the pictures that we had just taken in awe of how beautiful it had been. And we saw the face of an eagle in those pictures. It was so distinct. It was so clear. It was awesome, which is why I'm sharing this story, because three years ago we saw the Lion of Judah, and this time we saw the eagle. And these are two of the four faces of the cherubim that precede the glory of the Lord. And I believe that it was an equipping in the spirit for our family, and also just an equipping for the body of Yeshua to know that we have been called as eagles to soar above circumstances, to soar in place where we have higher vision above the things that we're seeing in the natural too. The promises that God has spoken in his word, all that we're going through is prophesied and all that we're seeing on the earth is a part of the plan and he is in control. Glory to his name. The reason I'm sharing this is because when we have had an encounter, we are compelled to share. We are compelled to go out as eagles when we have had an encounter in his presence. And you don't have to go to the top of Mount Hermon to have an encounter. You can be in your bedroom 
bedroom, you can be by a river, you can be in an upper room, you can be where he calls you to be. The thing is, is that when you've had that kind of encounter that is real, that is tangible, you will be compelled and called just like Ezekiel was called, he was called to eat the scroll, the word of God, to speak it, to speak what he was called to speak, to declare to his own people, a rebellious house. He was called to go out and speak the gospel. The same goes for us when we have had an encounter that we're called to bear fruit, to share, hallelujah, the love of God, to share of his goodness, that he is real, that he saves, that he heals, that he delivers, that he answers our prayers, that he loves you and me, that he is calling us just to turn our hearts to him, to come to him, hallelujah, he is here for you, he is here for me, his salvation is mighty, and that was what Ezekiel was called, he was called as a watchman also to declare what God told him to speak to go where he was called to go. He did many prophetic acts where he would go and he would do exactly what God would instruct him to do as a prototype, demonstrating God's word and that the people would have an understanding of it. And so we don't always know why we're called out to certain locations to pray, but God knows because he knows his kingdom and he knows what he is doing. But we know in part and we speak what he calls us to speak. We pray where he calls us to pray after we have had a mighty encounter with the presence of God. These are fourth encouragements to remember. One of the first is watching and praying, praying and being in his presence, being watchful, meaning this is not the time for us to sleep. This is the time for us to be awake, to be alert. We will get rest in his presence, but to sleep is more of a picture of being unaware to what's happening in the spirit and what's going on around us. So he's calling us to pray. He's calling his disciples, his followers. And the example I'm going to give to you is when Yeshua was going to die. He was going to be hung upon that staros, that tree, and lay down his life. And he was asking his disciples, would you not tarry for an hour? Would you not just watch and pray? He knew what he was going to go through. He was going to take on all the sin of the world and every dark, evil thing. A man who knew no sin, who was perfect, who never deserved that kind of treatment, was willing to lay down his life for us. We too are called to lay down our own lives and that's what he was saying. Can't you just watch and pray? Give up your sleep for the moment and be awake and be alert. We see this in Matthew 26, 40 through 45. It says, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We find strength in prayer. We find strength when we listen and we can hear the voice of God. How can we hear? Sometimes I'm just praying and I'm pressing in and I'll just hear encouragement from the Holy Spirit. Or I'll find a scripture and if I don't understand it, as I'm praying, the Holy Spirit will illuminate it. Or it might be once I jump in the shower. It might be while I'm driving. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us his truth because that is who he is. He will reveal and speak to you because he's our counselor. He's our teacher. He will illuminate the word of God for us. So this is a call 
watch and pray. And we know that our spirit within us and the Holy Spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. Sometimes we want to do what we want to do, go where we want to go, eat what we want to eat. We want to just kind of go about life doing the things that the flesh desires. And yet he is saying, would you watch? Would you lay down your life? Would you pray for this time? Would you watch and would you pray? Because it's in that place that we're going to get the direction. We're going to get what we need. Proverbs 16, 9 through 11 says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A lot of times I'll be praying and I say, Father, what is my assignment today? And I'll be praying and I'll open the word of God. I ask him to reveal through his word. The word of God is like a lamp unto our feet. There will be a scripture that will speak to me. The Holy Spirit will illuminate. We might make plans based off of what we understand. We step out in faith and we go, but then the Lord even directs our steps, meaning you might have some plans. You might have an interpretation of what you think God wants you to do. Well, he will surely direct us or correct us or redirect us if he ever needs to. When you're called out to speak his word, he will make the way. He will direct our paths and we can be sure and we can trust and know that he will direct us. Yes, we make plans and we have a vision. We might have ideas, but then he'll elaborate it. That's the exciting part about following him and his Holy Spirit is we get a directive. We go out and he blows our minds in ways that we could not even imagine and he will direct us and redirect us and show us the way that we should go. Yesterday, I was called out to go to the neighboring village. I was given a word to go pray in the mountains in that neighboring village. So I went to the city with my children. Once we got there, it was sunset time. So we were looking for a nice place to go watch the sunset. We ended up being right there at the base of the mountain, climbing up the mountain. We began to sing. We were shown in a scripture to sing for victory. Hallelujah. We began to sing and to worship. And just as we began to sing, a little family of deer came walking towards us. It was so precious because we were worshiping the king. And again, all creation worships God, praises God, responds to our worship because they're worshiping too. They know who God is. As we left that place, I felt like we weren't completely finished, but I had an errand to run before the post office closed. And I sat there afterwards praying and was again shown go to the mountain. As I was going to run the errand, I saw a sign and that sign said San Bernardino. And it reminded us as we were on our USA mission trip that we went and prayed in San Bernardino. We got to San Bernardino late at night. We were traveling from LA that day and we were shown to go to the top of this mountain and pray. And it was dark. The park was closed, but there was a different way to enter into the park. You could just hike up this hill. And from that hill, you could see the entire city. Seeing the sign San Bernardino reminded me of that prayer assignment, reminded me of how we climbed that hill at nighttime when it was dark. The Holy Spirit was directing me that it was going to be similar like the assignment was in San Bernardino. And sure enough, we start driving. We find this place, this park where you can park your car. There was other cars parked and you can hike. And we hiked up to this hill and you could see all of the city. And it was nighttime, just like in San Bernardino. And we did a similar assignment 
in this location. Because we plan our ways, we might have a general idea, but God will direct us as we go. And we can trust in that. We don't have to know everything and every little detail. We couldn't possibly. Because God is a God of excitement. He is a God who will direct our paths. We just listen. We just hear. Be open to receive what he speaks to us. And if we need direction, stop and pray. Watch and pray. So the first key is to watch and pray. The second key, get his direction. And number three, we're going to go through persecutions. When we're called to go out, we can expect that there will be suffering for the kingdom, for spreading the gospel, and sometimes in our own homes, in our own families, in our own households, even among our brothers and sisters. Remember, Jesus was persecuted by his own brothers. They didn't believe him. He was betrayed by his own best friends and by his very own people. And just like Ezekiel was called to his people, his own people, God said, don't worry about their faces. Don't worry how they receive you. Some will receive you. Some won't receive you. But you continue to speak. I'm talking about when the enemies are near to you or people you might even know that you love. People in your own house, they might not understand your call. They might not understand the encounter that you have had and that burning to share the gospel of the good news that has compelled you to go out. That there is a quickening and a fire in your spirit that you cannot contain. And people might not understand that. And the ones that you love might not get it. They might even come against you. But we remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness in high places. We have to remember that it's not all peace, but we continue to persevere. We continue to answer the call. Luke 12, 51 through 59. This was Jesus speaking. He says, do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division for now on. Five in one house will be divided. Three against two, two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. There might not always be agreement in your house and it might not always bring peace. And I'm talking about house as a word of general relationship. It could be in your workplace. It could be in your own church. It could be in your family. Of course, God desires us to be peacemakers, and I'm not talking about that. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. What he's talking about is that we're in a war, and it is real, and we might be going out to spread the gospel, but it's not always going to be peaceful. In fact, the enemies will be oftentimes our own people, but... How did he respond to his enemies? He prays for his enemies. He blesses and does not curse them. He also understands that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds that we can pray. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who come against us, spitefully use us, accuse us, persecute us, because we know we're not wrestling against people, that we're wrestling against principalities, rulers of darkness in high places. 
And finally, number four, we still continue to do what we're called to do. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of their faces and don't be afraid if they receive you or not. Ezekiel was told, this is a rebellious house and they rebel against me. They're going to not receive what you're saying either. Don't be rebellious like them. Listen to me. Eat my words. Eat my scroll. Hear and do what I tell you to do. Glory to his holy name. So just because we go through these trials, we still will obey the voice of the Spirit of God. We will obey the Word. We will obey as we're called because He calls us. And for me, I know that it's like a burning in my heart and in my soul. And sometimes people don't all understand that, but I'm not looking for their approval because there is one who I seek his approval glory so we pray for our enemies we love those who come against us we don't come back with bitterness and anger and hatred we also know that we watch and pray we get the direction from our God that he leads and directs our steps and we trust and know and believe that we will go even when people don't understand and even if they persecute or come against us Still, we do what we're called to do. We declare, we go out, we pray, we minister, we bring the good news of the gospel, which is the salvation of God. Hallelujah. We declare his salvation and we do what he's called us to do. So I pray that these words encourage you to day. And again, these are just four encouragements to take with you to remember as we have had encounters with God, as we have had encounters, tangible, life-changing experiences. Number one, we watch, we pray, we remain connected and alert to God, not sleeping. Number two, we get direction in that place of prayer, hallelujah, where he gives us strategy, where he gives in He gives us a word. He will direct your steps as you step out. Number three, people may not always understand. They might not approve or agree. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God is with you. When he is with you, who can be against you? Number four, we still persevere. We do what we're called to do and he will reveal his glory and he will confirm his word and he will fulfill every promise that he has spoken in your life. Thank you all for tuning in. I pray that this word has blessed you today. Let's go ahead and end in prayer. Father Yahweh, we just come before you. We thank you for these words. We thank you for encouraging, for instruction, for the ways that you direct us, reminding us to be alert, to be prayerful, to be watchful, also to receive instruction. And don't be afraid of their faces. To speak what you've called us to speak, to continue to persevere the race that you have set before us, God. I just give you praise and glory today. I pray that each person that is hearing and listening today would be encouraged, that they would be inspired, that they would have a fresh encounter in your presence, that you would just pour your spirit out upon them in a fresh and mighty way today. And we pray these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Glory. Again, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Have a blessed week. Yahweh bless you. Happy Hanukkah.